This show is broadcasting live from the Podcast Detroit studios in Royal Oak, Michigan. For more information about the show or our network, please visit www.podcastdetroit.com. It's the Undercard. Bringing you the best in hand combat coverage with feature interviews, major events, and the hottest ring girls from around the nation. The Undercard is part of the Podcast Detroit Network. And now, here they are, always in your corner, Brad, Marv, and Jimmy. Yeah, it's our intro. That can be considered fake news now, Rochelle, because uh, Jimmy's not here right now, and Marv hasn't been here in a long time. But welcome to episode 233. Uh, Co-hosting with me tonight is Rochelle, working the board. And then we got Ann, ring girl Ann. She's going to have to, you know, sit in Jimmy's seat and make it work, and then... Rochelle's going to have to add a lot of input to it because Jimmy's lost in Michigan. The guy that said he was uh, able to find his way out of everywhere can't find his way out of Michigan currently. So we're giving Jimmy a hard time here. Uh, Really quickly, we got a great show tonight. Um, Our guests include Angel Manfredi, the former world champion boxer. If you grew up on HBO boxing like I did, um, he fought Gotti. Not only fought Gotti, he fought Mayweather Jr., um, you know, and we're going to talk all about that great stuff. And then we have Charles Clark, uh, a boxer in Texas. Uh, he has fought some local talent in Michigan. And by local talent, um, I'm thinking Dwayne Ziegler off the top of my head, and there's a few others. But we'll, we'll talk to him at about like the 8 o'clock hour. And then uh, ask me how these two boxers may tie in together because Charles Clark is only in his fifth fight or maybe sixth fight, and Angel Manfredi has had a complete career. I'm going to tie them all together the only way the undercard can do. And we're going to talk about the James Tony fight, which just happened at Eastern Michigan Saturday night. was put on by uh, Main Event Promotions. And we're going to talk, you know, cover that, go into our interviews have some fun. Uh, you know what sucks about Michigan really quick? We don't get spring or fall anymore. It just kind of rolls into the seasons. Unseasonably hot all of a sudden when it was unseasonably cold. We had one day, I think it was a spring, Rochelle, where it was nice yesterday. You know, sun was out, felt in the 70s. And then now the next two days, it's 87, 89 degrees. So we fall right into summer and miss that little fun period of spring. So stinks and the seasons are all messed up and allergies i went from no allergies to like pedal to the metal allergies so not fun and do you have any allergies no thank goodness just uh in food just food allergies i have food allergies see what's your food allergies mac and cheese i can take noodles and dairy separately but not together apparently mac and cheese Kraft macaroni and cheese would take you down wow I didn't know that. It's so not, it must be the powdered cheese. Yeah, it must be the powdered cheese. So we're joined uh, really quickly by David Phillips of Podcast Detroit, founding fa- uh, father. Founding father. I'm trying to trademark the pod father. Pod father. That's pretty good, actually. <laughs> uh, and then also co host of IT and the D with his uh, partner for a long time, Bob, and then Nuri. Business partner. His partner. Let's, be clear. <laughs> okay. Let's just be clear. I mean, we're close, but we're not that close. There's never been there, a drunken night no, where you're sharing. There are limits. Okay. No, that was just Jimmy. Uh, but this weekend, you get a chance to come see the Podcast Detroit booth at uh, Motor City Comic Con. It happens at the formerly Rock Financial Place, which is now called the Suburban 
showplace. Yeah, sh- collection. suburban collection something. Showplace in Novi, something, Michigan. Something dark side, I don't know. Yeah, you know you messed up Rock Financial if someone wants their name off your building. They're <laughs> like, you know, come take it now. I think they just got tired of paying the money for it. Oh, do you? Oh, it, dude, it's not cheap. Oh, yeah, we uh, heard through back channels the naming rights on that thing. I wouldn't pay it. Hmm. They got to sell a lot of effing cars to, uh, to make up for that. <laughs> But the Ring Girls are going to be there. They're going to be dressed as podcast Detroit superheroes. Dave, and we have the outfits. Yes, yes. David, uh, tell us a little bit about Motor City Comic Con because it's just not about comics. It has pop culture rolled into it. It is Nirvana. It yeah. is what it is. So I mean, it is basically uh, it's a three day con. So it starts. Would you say it's more nerd or more geek? A little. Co- um, Hard to say because you can go either way there. Because like, PenguinCon was more oh nerd. Oh yeah, PenguinCon. Yeah. So here's and here's a good so here's a good uh, comparison. So PenguinCon is content. Motor City is marketing. Ah. That's the delta between the two. Um, so you know PenguinCon, you've got you know two days of 500 hours of programming and you learn stuff and then you have our parties and that kind of nonsense. Um, whereas Motor City, it's all booths and vendors and it's you know, money. Yeah. Oh, it's all about dollars. Yeah. And, you know, and, and media guests and that kind of stuff. And it's uh, kid friendly. Uh, yeah, uh, until the party starts out on the deck because <laughs> that's that's where we kick in and that's how that works. So yeah, I miss that every year. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite part of uh, Comic Con? Because you've you've seen enough of these getting eighties D list celebrities hammered and, and <laughs> getting all of the good backstories from all the movies. Like so, like last year, you know, we hung out with at least the last two years, we've hung out with uh, Billy Zapka, yeah, know, Johnny Lawrence from the Karate Kid. And just getting to hear all the stories from him about, you know, uh, how he was supposed to be Roy Stalin and better off dead, but then his agent screwed him and he had to go do just one of the guys. And, you know, and he was mad for 20 years because that kept him from working with John Cusack. Wasn't he one of Um, the vacations, too? Was that the guy from one yep, of the vacations? He was, uh, European? He was what's-her-name's uh, Audrey's boyfriend oh, yeah. in European vacation. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, that, to us, like, that's the best. Like, I, you know, we had a great conversation with uh, Kelly LeBrock, uh, not, this, not this past Monday, but last week. Um, she's phenomenal. Uh, she's still got that sultry British Voice. come hither, just shut Bob and I both up. Uh, yeah. So that's that's going to be a great conversation, and and it's not just her. Uh, so Anthony Michael Hall and uh, Island Mitchell Smith, uh, who normally doesn't do cons, he's like a physics professor now. Okay, um, yeah, he, he like fell off the face of the earth after that. He movie. did. He like he went off and like and went, so went the cute. academic route. Uh, and all three of them are going to be there. Um, so basically, our goal is to uh, get them hammered and kidnap them and take them to like some dive bar and you know reenact the candy bar scene from Weird Science. <laughs> yeah, you know, fats man, I'm going to tell you my story, man. Yeah, that'll that'll be us, uh, or at least just hang out and have a few drinks. Uh, but no, us, like that honestly is the best part. Like So like last night we had great conversations with Amy Jo Johnson. Did um, you talk to her about Felicity? No. Oh my God. No, see, I didn't know that about her, no. Uh, we talked about her movie that they're screening uh, there at Comic-Con. Uh, I think it's Saturday at 7. Uh, they're doing a screening of her movie uh, that she just directed and produced. And... Uh, we talked with Tony Todd, uh, who was Candyman. Like that's that's oh. how we'll always know him. The, uh, the horror guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, and he was also in Chuck. 
Um, and so, like, literally, like, that's how I kicked off the interview. Was I was like, okay, look, like, I know you've got a huge IMDb page and you've been in all this stuff before, but I just need to know: was your character or was your character in Chuck not a part of Fulcrum? Like, I just need to. And he just he started laughing. He's like, really? That's where we're going to kick this off? And <laughs> you know, he's got that really deep voice. It's just a oh, great guy, and he knows Detroit, right? Like, so we were talking about like you know venue, and he's like, oh yeah, he's like, he's like oh yeah, I want to get down to Baker's Keyboard Lounge. I want to get here. And we were like, first place of jazz. Damn Baker's. man, all right, cool. So yeah, he's he's. he's He's going to be a, a great guy to hang out with. We talked with uh, Herb Jefferson Jr., you know, Boomer from the original yeah. Battlestar Galactica. You know, talked a little bit about the remake and that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, that really, like, that really is the best part to us. And then, and then honestly, last year the cool thing for me um, was all the shows that came out and did live broadcasts. I mean, that's that's really. I mean, it's like I said, Motor City Comic Con is marketing. I mean, it, you know, this isn't. This is by no means a cheap endeavor. And so, you know, like we want shows to get out. I mean, there's going to be 50, 60, 70,000 people there on Saturday. We want shows to be out in front of people and get their name out there and get, you know, get more listeners, get more, you know, get a better audience, that kind of thing. Yeah, you know, uh, way back in the day, Chicago, Rosemont, uh, there was a Comic Con, and uh, I was a huge fan of Buck Rogers in the 25th century growing up. Mm-hmm. Who wasn't? And, yeah, and Hi, Aaron Gray. Got to meet uh, Gil Gerard before he lost all the weight. He was really heavy yeah. and stuff. And he was so bitter. Like, he, he had like open up moments with me where uh, we talked, and he said, back then, we had no idea. There would be like DVD medium and stuff. So like all we wanted was royalties if the show aired yeah. again on a network. You know, right. we hit our certain episode number and then we're in syndication. Yep. So he was telling me how he got nothing yep. when they re-released Buck Rogers because they didn't owe him anything because in yep. the contracts back in the day, no one thought technology yeah. would be like this. Who knew? Yeah. Right. So he's like, all you wanted was syndication, you know? Hey, I want some dollars kicked mm-hmm. back when it's syndicated. But he had a little chip on his shoulder. <laughs> you know, it's funny. We actually talked about that with uh, with Herb Jefferson last night, you know, as part of it. That you know, there are there are, there are a few guests. Um, there's at least one every year that's just a bitter, cranky, miserable individual. Why? Like, why? Why even bother? Like, I mean, dude, people are lining up to talk with you, shake your oh, hand, exactly. take a picture with you. And, and pay paying for your autograph. good money for right. those things. I would smile until I'd be a Canadian on South Park. My face would split in half. I'd be smiling <laughs> so big. I, it's just I don't get it. Like you know, Andrew McCarthy was he broke dude. He was my Fredo. He broke my heart. He was such a bitter, cranky, miserable jag about life, the universe, and everything. And I'm like, because like he wanted to talk about nobody's here to talk to you about your two appearances on Law and Order SVU. No, I want to talk to you about Pretty in Pink. I want yep. to talk to you about you know Weekend at Bernie's. Just, just shut up. Although the the best guy and we have the drop uh, in our show, John Schneider uh, from uh, the Dukes of Hazard was hilarious. Like when we asked him to do a, uh, uh, an ID for us, he was, "Oh yeah, no problem. What do you want?" We're like, "Oh, you know, hey, you know, I'm hanging here with Bob and Dave. You know, you're here with you know Bo Duke and the Dukes of Hazard." He's like, "Why does everybody only want to talk to me about Dukes of Hazard?" And you he want turns, to talk Smallville, and he points at right, a sign. Smallville. He's like, "Do you see all the other crap that I've done?" Over the years, and we're like, John, just play the hits. No, nobody's here to hear yep. the new stuff. Just yeah, play exactly. the hits. And so he grabs the handheld recorder, and he says, hey, this is John Schneider from, and turns around and reads everything he's ever done off his banner. And uh. he goes, oh, yeah, and the Duke's a hazard. And, and we and it's like it's a 30-second idea. I, I left it in. It's phenomenal. It's, it's, it's just hilarious. Like, good for you for owning it just having a good time with it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the cool thing about it because you, we grew up, I think, in a really cool time. You, me and you are close to age. But the 80s was magical, man, for TV and everything. Oh, God, yeah. You know, and, and this what was on there. And then these people come back and they hit these conventions and stuff. And like you said, some are really nice and then some are – 
I would almost say I, I would almost say the vast majority of them are, are very very cool people to hang with. You know, right. if, if you get the opportunity, the to Flash talk guy. With yeah, the guy that played the original Flash, uh, that Tim Burton kind of versionish, and then went on now to play Flash's dad. We took my son to meet him last year, and he wanted to make sure you had as many pictures as you you could with him. Wanted to talk to you. Yep. Waited. You know. Super and, sweet. Then you get the guys that just push you through the line. They're like, you know. Got your forty five dollars. Go right. Well, you know, and honestly, I mean, like that's and that's the thing about comic cons in general and, and Motor City. Like, and Bob and I talk about this all the time, where you used to be able to walk in there with you know five twenties and basically hit everybody you wanted to hit and and get whatever you wanted, and life was good, dude. That's going to cover like two people now, right? Like, it's yeah. nuts. Yeah, I I I met one of my hobbits. I I'm I'm two uh, two for two right now. I need to. There's two more. I need to go. So yeah, Sean Astin's there. Yeah, I've met him a couple yeah, times. We just want to talk to him about Rudy. Can, That's us. Can I tell you my Comic-Con pet peeve? Shoot. The fucking zombies that charge $35 yeah. from Walking <laughs> Dead. Not the main cast. Dude, our goal. The effing jo- zombies. Hey, my, we, we, we are got, convinced we got that Earl this year. all you have to do is take a dump on an episode of Walking Dead and you are set for life on <laughs> yeah. the John circuit. Absolutely. Because I mean, there, are, there are characters. And like, you know, honestly, like the thing, I'll tell you what gets a little creepy with me is like when um, – uh, the look at the flowers. The little girl uh, who who got shot, who got yep. killed by Carol, okay, um, was there last year, and it's just a little weird when you see like these grown ass men like hanging in line to get autographs and photos with like an eleven year old girl. Right, it's just weird. And was so there a was... lot with the cat Catwoman girl? Yeah. Uh, yeah, t- same thing. Yeah. Well, and that was the funny thing about Amy Jo Johnson last night. So we're talking with her, and you know, she's like, "Oh yeah, you know, you know, if you're because we were talking about you know being a certain age and watching certain shows." And she's like, "Yeah, you know, I'm 33, so you know that's." And Bob's like, "Oh well, you know, I'm I'm about you know you know 10 years older than that." And she's like, "Oh well, then it's a little creepy that you were watching." <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so, so really isolating that off. I'm like, "Yeah, Amy Jo Johnson just called you that guy." Click. <laughs> now, Anne, you're a huge comic book person. Right, I am, and you're so you're excited. You were really excited uh, to work it. Uh, Tasha has another event; she'll be there Friday, but couldn't do Saturday. So you're now filling in. What What do you like about Comic Cons, or have you ever been to one? I've never been to one, so this will be my first experience ever. Oh boy! Oh, and you're coming Saturday. It's oh, going to be overwhelming. Boy. Be prepared. <laughs> Sensory <laughs> with these guys. <laughs> Wall of sound. Oh, like I said, I mean, it's like it's going to be like fifty, sixty, seventy thousand people there. It's kind of nuts. Um, Oh, and that's the other thing I forgot though is is Artist Alley. I mean, like we know so many. I mean, we've got art out there from it. Um, so many friends that we've made over the years. You know, that are artists that are going to be in Artist Alley that have just such cool shit. Like, I mean, you, you know, I mean, you look at it, you're like, holy crap! Like, I there's like the IT and the D piece out there. That's the Big Trouble in Little China with the three theories yeah. from uh, yeah. That's the first piece I ever commissioned. Like, that's the first thing I ever had, like, anybody do. Um, and Kelly's going to be there, and she's got more stuff. She's got, you know, like, some, she, she does phenomenal stuff. But, uh, you know, and Sourcepoint Press will be there, and Trico's going to be there, and Steph's going to be there. There's going to be so many good people um, that are there just doing uh, – that have really phenomenal art. And that's that's unfortunately forgotten a lot mm-hmm. in, in, you know, the, the comic part of Comic-Con is, is really forgotten. Um, because of all of the media hype and the media guests and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, people kind of forget to break left and, and head over to Artist Alley instead of breaking right and taking a look at all celebrities. Yeah, him and I go over there every year, and we, we've we gotten a couple really cool things that I've 
I've just, never walked out of Motor City without dropping at least $500. It's, we, just, it's, well, it's, it's just not possible. Just don't have that kind of cash laying around. Hear, but. Hear, hear, hear that, vendors? you got to hit Dave on Friday. <laughs> got to do the they, hard sell. They know me. They, they see me coming. They, but that's they know. that's one of the things that him and I actually have started to look forward to is trying to find that, that cool piece that you just no one else is going to have. Yeah. Well, so and, and that's the cool thing you can do. Like, and, and if if you don't know this, almost every artist there will do something custom for you. Um, and in a lot of cases, especially there at the con, if it's just a sketch or something like that, it's not expensive at all. Right. Um, it's one of the things I keep thinking about doing is having like you know having that. I want to come up with like something constant, uh, or at least a constant theme that I can have them all run with. Like mm-hmm. whether it's our logo and a mic or something like that, and just have them do their own take on it. Um, but yeah, I mean, so like, like stuff like stuff like that, like that's the unique stuff that's kind of cool. Like you know, yeah, I mean, there's a ton of prints and there's a, you know, there's you know, and there's posters and there's this and there's that. But like, like having something in your hand that's because I, I can't art. I'm I'm not. That's <laughs> just art. not my thing. So yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated with it because that's what I do on the side. Oh, see, I can't. I, yeah. So I I love going and seeing different people's takes on you know like a certain character or like. I love the grim fairy tales because mm-hmm. I like how they've taken like that innocent little girl and they've made her into this like, you know, enormous just sex yeah. symbol. That's my favorite. Well, and that's so, and that's I got. I caught shit. 10, 12 years ago now because um, I wrote – this was back when I was still running the stupid Star Wars website. Um, I wrote something about all of the hypersexualization at the cons because it's hard. Like if you're walking around with your kids and you're like, hey, there's Lando Calrissian who's at a booth right next to, I don't know, some 1980s porn queen. Yeah. And they've kind of scaled back on that, which is cool. Um, you know, and you still have like the comic vendors that have, you know, the little post-it notes where there need to be post-it notes mm-hmm. um, and, and that kind of stuff, which, you know, cool. I mean, it, it's, it's, God knows I'm not a prude. Um, it's, it's, it, it's a weird mix because you do, you have so many kids there, especially on Sunday, which is kids day. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting market. I mean, a lot of people call it a, you know, like a nerd flea market or a geek flea market because I mean, there's, Literally anything you're looking for, if you can't find it there, you're you're wrong. Like you're looking for the wrong thing because yeah. it's 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 there somewhere. You know whether it's etched. I've walked out with etched glasses. I've walked out with um, kind of a, a stupid Cheech and Chong holding a joint incense burner because I was like, <laughs> oh my god, I got it. Um, and uh, yeah, so I mean, just all kinds of crazy stuff. You know, and so like you know stuff like that. The art, um, the people you get to, you get to talk to, and, and there are folks that we only see once a year at Motor City because you know they come into town for it, mm-hmm. um, or you know we only see them at cons. Like there's going to be Saturday night. There's going to be a big stupid drunken karaoke battle uh, out. On um, the why are you that's not there? To- that's totally going to be happening. Have you never have seen you, this man do karaoke? Have you heard my Jesse's girl. Yet? I have not. Uh, no. Uh, pretty good. But you uh, until you've seen me do the Humpty Dance. I have seen it's you do the. Humpty Dance. I haven't. <laughs> he is good at it. Oh he my is god. Good. Uh, but yeah, so there like there are wrestling belts that have been made for con karaoke champions. What? It's oh yeah, it's it's a thing. Why like, are we it, not there? It, it happens. It might be there. Yeah, uh, we don't show up. There you go. We don't so, have yeah, kids I mean, this weekend. So I mean, it's. It's it's such a great time, and I mean, and, and that's the cool part is it, it's not just you know it's not just about the con, it's not just about selling, it's not just about marketing, it's not just about the shows, it's that after the show is over, you know, and or, you know, over for the day, that deep breath. All right, 
let's just go chill, you know, and, and let's grab some drinks and let's, I mean, that to me, like, that was the greatest, it made me laugh so hard that, like, literally the minute we walked outside and sat down at a table on the patio, one of the waitresses came running outside. She was like, oh, my God, you guys are back. Awesome. What do you want? What do you need? What do you got? What do you got? <laughs> Do we have the booth number yet for Podcast Detroit? Uh, we do. It's exactly where we were last year. I think it's 1527 and 16. It's it's booth fit. It's a 1500 and a 1600, but it's an end cap right next to the – it's right where we were last year, right by all the Celebrity Row. Perfect. Um, so that we can we have access that and we can grab perfect. them. That's what we do. Yeah. Um, Lure them with candy, literally. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yes, yes. Our candy. nerds Ooh, and our sweet tarts. <laughs> exactly, because who doesn't like nerds in their mouth? That's, that's our tagline. Okay, so it being <laughs> Anne's first Comic-Con, what does – she have to see leave leaves with one thing she has to see the amazing cosplay that oh, people do i heard about those. i mean it's it's crazy i mean like but it's our standard quest there are some of them the state like when you see the hawk man with the 12 foot wingspan and how do you poop like how, <laughs> how do you or like how do you even stand at a urinal in that? Like what the hell? Um, there's the amazing what you're talking about there, but then there's the skanky girl that will just wear like the green bikini and then try to pull off Hawkman with like a pair of wings and stuff. You know what I'm saying? There, you got yeah. some people that are really talented with it, and then there's some people that just sex some appeal. It's the, it, that yes. is their job. It, oh, they've oh, made there are, a profession there are a couple of, like, of um, like Ivy Doom Kitty, uh, mm-hmm. and there I mean there there are a couple of cosplayers. That have a following, uh, go figure, target demographic. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, and they travel the world doing it. Yeah. So, I mean, and more power to them, dude. Use, yeah, hey, shit. If I could, I would. Right. I'm just, I'm not that good looking. That's, I'm a face for radio. I'm totally okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're excited. Friday uh, starts what, at noon? Noon, mm-hmm. yeah. So, I think uh, the, v, the VIP or early, whatever they call it, uh, starts at noon. General admission opens at 1230. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think Saturday is 10, 10 to 6, if I recall correctly. And Sunday is 10 to 5. Hmm. And I, know, and I know every time you guys do something like that all weekend, it's been such an event that, like, by Sunday, it's like, I mean, there's a lot of energy that you guys put into it. Oh, I'm drained. But and, and here's the worst part. So, like, so, because <laughs> we're idiots. So, Thursday morning, early afternoon, we're at a security conference doing a live broadcast. Then at 5 p.m., we have our event because it's the third Thursday. So we have our IT and the D networking event. <laughs> so we'll be at Nancy Whiskey. Then we're leaving there, theoretically, and heading to set up over at Motor City. Or alternatively, we're just crashing in the hotel and then waking up Friday morning and setting up. Um, and then con, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then Monday. I-T-N-A-D. But wait, there's more. <laughs> uh, we got roped into doing some stuff with Detroit Startup Week. Okay. So doing the Ten nice. Commandments of Networking presentation as well as uh, a Power of Podcasting panel discussion on Monday before coming to our show. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, this is one of those it, – it, and it seems to happen this way every year where, like, Bob and I spend way – like, we spend the better part of, like, every day for two weeks together um, around this time of year just because of all the crap that gets crammed into May one time. May is crazy. It's not. There's so many friggin' things going on. It's mm-hmm. nuts, but it is what it is. So I have one question. Shoot, what do you think is going to be the most seen costume there this year? Uh, God, with Guardians, it's, it's always Deadpool. Oh, I'm saying Harley Wonder Quinn. Woman. Deadpool, Harley Quinn. Oh, look, another Deadpool. Look, another Harley Quinn. I'm saying Wonder Woman this year. 
I think so too. A lot of my friends are trying to go as that. Interesting. I, I mean, that'd be good because like, I know I've talked with a lot of people that have thought about it. Um, well, there's they got all the different looks well, of her you now. You have the classic, and right. then you have the new one that's the darker red and, the and all that show. kind of stuff. So I mean, it's it'll be yeah, that'd be good to see. I mean, I, right? I'm a fan. There you go. Uh, so yes, come out and see Podcast Detroit at Motor City Comic Con. Thanks for joining us for a few minutes, Dave. Of course. I appreciate it, man. Uh, your show's uh, 9 o'clock, Mondays, podcastdetroit.com. Select yep. Studio One, IT and the D. Been doing it for a long time. Yeah, Monday. Always enjoyable, the Last show. Last night was 196. Jeez. Always enjoyable, the show. Cool. Thank you, man. No, thanks for coming in. It's playing in Motor City Comic Con to everybody. I'm excited now. Karaoke champion. I'm, I'm already writing down songs. Oh, my God. I'm writing down a set list, everybody. Dude, I do a mean, weedest teenage dirtbag, too. I'm just trying to think of everything I could do that just wow people. <laughs> what do you think else I could do? Man, I could do a lot. I don't know, but aren't we doing the undercard right now? We are doing the undercard. I'm actually okay. trying to look for something really quick. <laughs> um, Did you do the Barracuda at one point? Barracuda, ooh. You know, I never liked that song, though. He's, yeah, he's not a fan of... Uh, is that heart? See, I wouldn't even have known that's heart. So, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't even know that. See? So, see? See, see, see. All right, I got everything I need. Billy Joel. Bruce Springsteen. Yes. So you want me to go back to the undercard, right? You just don't want me off subject and floating around in the stratosphere. No, but I thought of a good thing that it, like his idea with going around to the different artists to have them do their own take of something. Mm-hmm. It's got to be a ring girl with gloves on. That would be pretty cool. We could do that. Mm-hmm. We could do that, I'm sure. Um, so I wrote for uh, Fight News on Saturday night. I turned it in Sunday morning. And uh, I always write the truth. There's nothing that I write that doesn't happen. And then that way you never get in freaking trouble. That's the way I've learned anything about writing. And so what happened on Saturday night was uh, Mike Shepard and James Tony were like in – in a fight, and uh, there was many times Shepard was hitting Tony with everything he got. And there was a lot of times when Tony was hitting Shepard uh, with everything he had. And uh, so the knockout happens that wins the fight where Mike Shepard goes down and he's sprawled out on his stomach. And what what had happened during that um, instance is that James Tony turned his back to me. I see that he throws a small, a small little uh, short punch. Not sure where it landed. If you read the story, you'll notice I don't say it's a right or left. Don't say if it's to the body or head because I didn't know. And I immediately go over to my friend Bob Ryder, who's my partner, who takes the photography for the, the article. And I say, well, well, did you get the knockout punch? Because I, I'm sitting there thinking, how nondescriptive is this going to be? Because I don't know if it was a right or left. I don't know if it was anything. So I write the story and then I see the highlight. And it was a it was a weak knockdown. There's no question about it. I don't know if he is really tough to say if he hit him in the, the stomach or the the head. But um, I just want to point out if you read the article, you'll notice I don't give a description on the punch because I, I'm only human. And when you're sitting ringside, there's many times you will get blocked. I don't have HBO or Showtime sitting there uh, to watch a replay really quick. And when I did see the replay. Uh, you know, I might have changed some stuff about the story. There's no question about that. But I did did what you had to do. You have to write it as a knockout. You have to write a punch was thrown. Write what you see. 
And that's what I did. And unfortunately, then looking at the knockout, it's, it's an interesting knockout. I, I don't really know what Shepard went down from. That You do see the short punch that I'm talking about. Where it hit him, I have no idea. Um, maybe Shepard gassed out or whatever. But James Tony gets the uh, knockout victory uh, in his homecoming. And I want to talk really quick because we do have Angel Manfredi coming up here in less than uh, two minutes. But – uh, I do want to say that what a venue Eastern Michigan is. I mean, it's just a small arena, so it's 10,000 seats, but it is an arena. It has like a, a arena feel to it. It has an amazing jumbotron. Uh, Eric McGuire and the team did everything professional. It started Thursday at the VIP thing, which Rochelle was at. I'm talking great food at the Chop House uh, in Ann Arbor. I'm talking about a first-class weigh-in. I thought their weigh-in was really good. And a first-class everything. Now I will say this, and I'm going to get angry again with everybody out there that's listening, okay? If you say that there's poor attendance or boxing isn't what it used to be or I used to support boxing and you're not at the shows that are happening right now, you have no excuse to fucking bitch anymore. I, I'm, I'm tired of people that I know that should be at the fights not being at the fights and then bitching at the state of boxing in Michigan or it's not like it used to be or whatever. Come to these shows. Support these people. Make it better. I tell you what. That was a good fight card. That was absolutely a good fight card and I'm not even talking the main event because that might have been one of the worst fights out of the, 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 the night. I'm talking about um, – Sonny Fredrickson. I'm talking about uh, Robert Sims, who uh, snuck up on Marcus Malding, like I said when I was predicting on the video earlier. Robert Sims, man, people laugh at him when he gets in the ring because he looks out of shape. And then you know what? He ain't gasping for air when it's happening. And so, you know, if you're listening to the undercard, you're obviously a fan of boxing. You're obviously a fan of MMA. You know what? Make it part of your business expense and start buying these tickets. Uh, June 16th, there's fights at Masonic Temple. They have an amazing fight in Alexei Zuboff versus Demetrius Banks. Spend your money, go to it. The following week after that, June 23rd, there is an amazing fight. You have Winfred Harris, who is taking on a big challenge in Leonardo Tyner, and I guarantee you Leonardo Tyner will be entertaining. Spend the money, get there, do it. And you know, I don't I don't want to sound like I'm preaching. But get to these fights, support boxing, and let's bring back boxing in Detroit. All right, I'm done bitching. So we're going to have just in time for Angel El Diablo Manfredi. So I'm excited for this interview. This interview is going to be awesome. Just saying, just saying. Hello? Hey, Angel, this is Brad. You're live on the undercard. How are you? Hey, how you doing? Good, good, good. Good. We are joined by former world champion Angel Manfredi. Uh, this is awesome because I grew up watching boxing, and you were a part of a lot of the fights I enjoyed growing up with. Uh, you were part of a special time in boxing. Uh, I wanted, you know, to talk some fights with you and everything like that. But let's start off with what you're doing right now. Everyone wants to know you. You've become a trainer and a matchmaker. Yep, exactly true. <laughs> and enjoying myself and back in the game. 
what's the the main difference between uh, being a trainer and fighter besides the obvious? I mean, do you are you more nervous than you were when you fought, or for your fighters, or is it kind of the same nerves? No, not really. Not really. Uh, matchmaking is is pretty much easy. I, I'm not matchmaking. My fighters are are people that that are part of Team Certified Sports Promotions, and they're out of Milwaukee, Indianapolis, and Michigan. So I really don't see or don't know. I can only go by what their trainers say. They're prepared and all that. That's the that's one who I can, you know, match them up and make the best fights for them. All right, so now we, now we got to talk history, and I'm excited to talk history. First off, you fought the legendary, obviously, Floyd Mayweather Jr., but you fought Floyd at a different time than everybody knows him now. You fought him as, like, pretty boy before he was money. He was much more offensive. Um, his dad did the trash talking. Jr. was actually very respectful going into the fight. There's many times where you guys are touching gloves in the ring, uh, after there's like you know a little bit of a foul or something like that, tell tell us your experience of fighting uh, Mayweather at that point in his career. Well, it, it was it was good. I mean, it was good. I was uh, I could I shouldn't have fought him at one thirty first. I fought God at one thirty five at lightweight. We were both junior level world champions, but did they, they know I could make the weight no more? And God, he could make the weight. I said, cool, well, let's do it. And so we made the way they wanted to fight with the Gali fight. But they said, Mayweather, when Louis Dubella asked me, uh, I got to fight for you. I said, cool. I said, I fight anybody. He said, from where? I said, who the hell's that? I said, I'll fight him. I said, 130. I said, I can't make 130. He said, a million dollars. I said, whoa, I said, a million dollars. I had second thoughts about that. And I, uh, I said, well, I could go to, go, go to training camp and I can. Uh, I can uh, get my spy partners and eat, get a nutritionist and uh, eat right and uh, and uh, make it happen. So we, we made it happen, and and but I was very weak and very depleted in the fight. But uh, you know, we took a shot in the, in the, in the first, you know, in the second round, and uh, it more like surprised me than anything. It beat and fall, and. Uh, he attacked me as you saw at the fight, and he, he threw a lot of punches. But he only landed like three or four, and they shot the fight. And I'm like, what? Shot the fight? And I, and I was, I'll be honest, I was cutting out throwing three, and and really, really uh, upset about the stoppage. That I asked him whether he give rematch. He said yes, he give rematch. As you know, after I, after that fight, I went up to 135 for Iron Robinson, Iron Mighty Robinson. After he beat Cody twice, he tried to call me out. I worked him on HBO, got the United decision. He said, Who you want to fight most? I said, No, we don't remember the fight. Now, man, I couldn't make 135. He wouldn't give me the opportunity. He wouldn't give me the, the opportunity to fight. I, I won't fight me at 135. I think it would have been a different story at 135. But it went the way when he won, he won the fight. I took my hand off to him. Yeah, it was definitely an early stoppage. Did you know when you were against the ropes that did you ever think that man I should throw a punch in here because I'm going to get stopped well, because I'm not well, throwing punches because it looked like strategy that you were just kind of bringing Mayweather in. Yeah, slipping punches and just keep my head right, get my head right, staying focused, just slipping punches, catching punches. I was about to throw a punch. They stopped the fight. It's very premature stopping. The whole world saw it. 
and uh, it was it was it was great. It was, I should have got the rematch. There's no reason why I should be given the rematch because when I but I Robinson, I got the highest rating on HBO and nobody knew my ratings that whole year, and that would have been a big money fight. Now, you also have one of the greatest honors I think a boxer could have. Uh, you were Ring Magazine Fight of the Year 2008 versus Artiro uh, Gotti. Uh, you cut him early in the first round, and it was a, a bad cut from a right that it, uh, right on the eyelid part of it. And then you knocked him down in the third. Just talk about Gotti's heart because that knockdown with that left was such a violent knockdown. There's not many people besides Gotti that could have got up from that. Then finish as strong as he did in the third. Say it again. I was saying that uh, in the Gotti fight, you were able to cut him early. You cut him on the eyelid in uh, round one. But then you also caught him in the third round with a left that was such a violent knockdown. There's not many people like that could get up from that besides Gotti. Talk, talk a little bit about Gotti's heart in that fight with him. Man, he's a he's a true champion. You know that's why he's in the Hall of Fame. He's one of the best pound for pound, most ex- exciting fighters in the world. And me and him both made, made boxing when we bumped heads. Each other, the best person, the best. And it was a very exciting, attractive fight. He got one of the highest ratings in the world. You know, at the time, that fight was one of the highest rated fights too, as well. I mean, it was it was one of the Found, found best fights, you know, it was a very attractive fight. And he's missed. He's missed. We miss him very much. And as you're doing battle against, like, Gotti, when you hit him in the third round and he goes down like that, are you surprised he gets up? Because I, you hit him so hard with that left. Then did you know that I'm in a battle the rest of the way? Oh, well, I do. I was in the battle from the get-go. Uh, but when I knocked him down, I was looking at him while he was on the floor, and when I saw him get up, I said, oh, it's on. <laughs> so I jumped on him as he got up, and you know, and he came back as, like a champion, like a true champion. And that's what I was expecting, a true champion. And I was expecting a war. I was expecting a, a fight. We're going to war, but I was expecting a fight, and I got the fight. I got the fight that I wanted, you know, uh, in my prime my my career. I got the fight that I wanted, and that, that's, that's the fight that... uh. That that made me, and that that made me who I was. You know, what I'm saying I was, I was letting the world know that I'm the best, and I had to beat the best to become the best, and I did it. Now we have a guest on later in the show, uh, Charles uh, Charles uh, Clark, and he's a fighter that already has two losses within his five first five fights, and I thought it was very strategic to have him on because your your start of uh-huh. your career was not uh, as typical fighters where you get the 5-0. and oh. Tell us what it takes to bounce back, and why does everybody fear getting that loss so quickly? Because you were a world champion boxer, and the start of your career was, uh, from a record standpoint, not what you typically see in a top prospect. Right, right. Well, I mean, um, in the beginning of my career, my first pro fight, I remember partying the day before the fight drinking and uh, doing my own thing, you know what I'm saying? And then, then uh, as you know, I, I got TKO'd in that fight, and uh, I beat myself. I cried very much. I, I, I was very discouraged, but I, I bounced back, and 
had another fight, and I think I won that one fight. And then I got into my car accident when I was doing cocaine drinking. I went straight to a telephone pole, jumped, started to smash the pressure, started the frame, and smashed my chest. They had a well man. But I didn't suffer concussion. I was tested negative for cocaine, drugs. I tested negative for alcohol. So, I mean, that was just God in my corner. And after that fight, I for a straight win, captured my first title in Toronto, Canada, knocking out uh, Vittorio Salvatore in the third Six months later, didn't have a fight for six months, knocking out Calvin Grove in the seventh round, capturing the world title. Now, so, I mean, it's it's possible that you have you have to believe in yourself, and I always believed in myself as a kid. I started boxing at nine years old, and all I believed was I was going to be world champion. And that's, that's it's got to be in your heart. You got to want it. You got to get it. It's got to be dedication, hard work. You got to have God in the corner. Now, looking at boxing now, because I know you're a fan, you were just back in here uh, following James Tony's uh, last fight at Eastern Michigan. What what fighters out there do you have to watch? Is there anybody that you enjoy watching right now that reminds you of uh, what made you fall in love with boxing? You know what? Uh, you got uh, you got a uh, you got Crawford's a good fighter. Crawford's a good fighter. Spinks Spinks supposed to be going. Spinks haven't fought yet, right, for the world title? I don't believe so. No. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's fighting for the world title. Uh, he's one to look at. Uh, I mean, as far as the world weight, I mean, Thurman Thurman's good, but uh, I think Spinks should get him. I think Spinks the outboxer that went to fight. Uh, but it'll be a good fight. I think the welterweights are looking good. Uh, uh, Canelo is a good fighter, but Triple G is a lot bigger, a lot stronger. But it's going to be a good fight. But I got Triple G in that fight. But, uh, you know, there's attractive fight, fighters out there right now. But nothing like the 90s, how I was there. You know, we had all the big stars when I was fighting it. All those. You know, when I was fighting, I mean, he had the best out there. Was there anybody that you didn't get a chance to fight with your career that was out there that you wish you would have fought? I fought everybody. <laughs> There's really nobody that I, I, I wish I would have fought. I fought the best. I mean, uh, from, 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 from Calvin Grove to Arturo Gotti to Mayweather to Iron. Paul Sutterford, Julio Diaz, uh, I mean, uh, Diego Crowley's, I mean, I fought everybody. You know, so I fought the best. You know, that's one thing about me. I never I never said no to a fight, and I always wanted to prove that I could be the best but beat the best, and that's what I did. I won to the best. I lost to the best. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Angel, for joining us. This is a, a great honor. I, I absolutely love uh, uh, your, your career and everything. So uh, thank you for joining us on the undercard. And we'll be in touch. We'd love to touch base with you as uh, the boxing year comes al- comes along. Thank you, and thank the Lord for All right. the opportunity. That is Angel the Diablo. I love that nickname. We will talk uh, uh, Manfredi. We will talk to him uh, later on in the year. Thank you again, Angel. And uh, we're going to go to our first commercial break, and we will be back right after this. You're listening to The Undercard, Hand Combat Radio. And we're back. Um, 
Brad, of course, is out wandering the halls. Hmm? Wandering the halls. We're back, so. You don't pay attention to the time. Anyways, um, I'm expecting a call from Jimmy, right? Mm-mm. No? Let's no. keep talking. Okay. So it is 8 o'clock, and uh, do you want me to make the call the next guest? Mm-hmm. You caught me mid-bite. Like I said, you don't pay attention. You just wander. Four years. I get the privilege to wander. No, you don't. You want to be number one. You got to work for it. <laughs> All right. So we're calling Charles Clark right now. Pro boxer from Dallas. The big D. Hello, Charles. You're online. Uh, sorry, you're on the air with the undercard. How are you today? Hey, up, Good. Uh, we're joined by Charles Clark, professional boxer from Dallas, Texas. Uh, has been in some tough battles early on in his career. Um, you'll 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 appreciate this really quick. We had uh, Angel Manfredi on earlier, and if you remember Angel's uh, start of his career, he had a couple mm-hmm. losses. And we asked him what what uh, kind of advice he would give to you and everything like that. But um, your your record. Not so good right now, but I hear from uh, Kenny Moore and a lot of people you're a hard, hardworking fighter, um, mm-hmm. and that you're you're one of the tough opponents out there. Tell us a little bit about your boxing career. Yeah, I mean, like only reason like my my, my boxing record is like that because <clears throat> when I started off, I just wanted to fight so bad that to the point where I just said that I, I just turned myself pro and you know went out there fighting with, with you know coaches that I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Because the situation that I was in, and I I never got the chance to show my talent, my talent, because you know the way I felt going into them fights. You know what I'm saying? But now that I got everything behind me, you know, I could just sit down and, and you know relax and be calm. You know, in the fight. You know what I mean? Then now that I got everything together, training. You know, I got my team together, so you know, expect a lot of followers. You know what I'm saying? Right. Now, it takes a special kind of person to turn it around like that. What what makes you a special fighter? What, what do you think that you have that the next guy doesn't have that you can turn around, write the ship, get a record that uh, is going to benefit you going down in, uh, well, into the future? Well, I always – it's like I, I got power. Like, man, as, as, as my weight class, I'm, I'm like big for my weight class. And I, I always had it in me. Like, that's the point. Like, when I lost, I never I never really just lost. I only lost like, because – I was in in their hometown, you know, you know how they go. You can't make it look close, you know. You gotta, you gotta destroy the fighter. But like I said, like I want, I want focus. I had the skill. I went in there, you know what I'm saying. Then I killed everybody I fought, and 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 but it it went, you know what I'm saying. Like I didn't have it. I didn't have my stuff together. So it, it, my mind went together then, you know what I'm saying. So I was just basically in there fighting instead of, you know what I'm saying, setting somebody up or, or doing what I'm supposed to do. And you know what I'm saying, like uh. Basically, like to fix to fix what I'm supposed to be doing. I, I'm not doing that. You know what I'm saying? But now that my my team together, I can focus now. And you know, what I say I put everything together. Now, why boxing? There's many other sports out there. Why why have you chose uh, the pugilist uh, lifestyle to? Uh... Well, because 
because like okay, I started when I was fourteen. I'm twenty three now, and um, and I was always fighting when I was young. And then I had seen boxing gym, and I I, I went in there one day, and and I told myself, I said this would make I guess this would make everybody think that I was special. I told myself that I would I would train harder than everybody that I seen that come to the gym, or everybody that was in there. And I dedicated you know my life back then to the boxing. That's why I say I've been having the talent. I just didn't use it. But I dedicated my life to the boxing. And uh and and sooner or later, you know, I started working harder than everybody, man. And I I worked everybody to where I started sparring. Nobody wanted to spar. Everybody left the gym because they knew they were going to have to spar me. You know what I'm saying? And, man, it's just so much. I could go on and on and on about my life. But, man, I'm just happy, man. I'm happy now that I got everything together. You know what I'm saying? My body together. I'm feeling like a rock. Everything, man. <laughs> now, who who's your favorite fighter out there in the boxing world? Who do you like to watch? Uh, I got a I got a couple of them, but the I do, the one I like, I say I want to say Joe Lewis and uh and Gerald McClan what's his name McClan? Gerald McClellan McClellan yeah man yeah the yeah. G man man them them two them two the two dudes that I that I yeah that I really just like. I like Triple G, but I rather you know the old fighters because it's just something that I see. That you know, what I'm saying that there are me that when I look when I look at me fight and I what I do to a lot of people and spawn, you know, what I'm saying and, and I look at them I'm like, dang, I kind of you know, what I'm saying I remind myself of them sometimes. But like I said, like that's why I was telling you, like man, spawn, spawn, and everything. I'm talking, I be dropping people at spawn, like beating the mess, like spawn, like five different people at one time. But then, like I told you, I didn't have my team together, so when I go fight, I didn't do nothing that I did at spawn. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I say now I got it all together. Man, I hope that they're gonna see a whole different side, a whole different side. Now Texas is known for boxing. Uh, talk about some of the people that you've ran into in the gym uh, that we may know, or some of the toughest uh, sparring you've had down there in Texas. Um, I know. Okay, I was, uh, you know, Charles Haley. I worked with Charles Haley before. Um, I don't work with Maurice Hooker. Me and Maurice Hooker spar. Every day, all know me. You know, um, um, uh, I don't really tell a lot of people. You know, I see Derek James all the time. That's Earl Smith's coach. Um. Uh, and man, it just—I—I I, I know everybody in Dallas though. Everybody in Dallas, uh, Dallas know me about boxing. So if you say my name, they gonna always be like the kid that work out hard, the one that always, you know. Man, I, man, I work out hard. People done came out here, and then um, um, I also know uh, Adrian Taylor. Mm-hmm. And you've There's a lot of good guys down here that that you know, but I only got to work with a couple of them. Some work with a couple of them. Now, in your two loss, your two losses were by decision. Uh, you haven't lost by knockout, which is a good thing. Do you think you have a good chin, or are you able to take a shot? Is that one of yeah. your benefits? Uh, yeah, that, that that is one of my benefits. That's uh the kid that I fought last, man. I fought him last, and his coach was trying to sign me because I had broke his jaw in the second round, and he know that I wasn't fighting. He was like, "Man, you need to you need to take it serious. You need to get in shape." He was like, "Man," cause, and then uh. K nine down there. I don't know if you never heard him down in Detroit. He was like, he was like, don't take this loss as a as a loss, man. Take it as a win because somebody gonna fight you, man. And when, and when they gonna get in the ring, he like, you gonna do something to them that they never been done before because you sharp. He just kept telling me that. So I'm like, take it as a win, like because somebody now you like somebody gonna get in the ring with you thinking that you playing and you gonna hurt somebody. You know what I'm saying? Because like he know everybody know that I ain't do what I'm supposed to do. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, man, it's crazy. But you know, it's, boxing is a hundred percent to me. Well, ninety percent mental. 
if you don't have your mind, I always I was always told like you can have all the skills in the world, but if you can't use your mind, you, you like just another bomb. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we're we're very familiar with K9. You know, we're based out of Detroit, and then uh, the person you were fighting was Dwayne Ziegler, who's supposed to have a lot of power. Uh, and you were able to uh, not not get hurt by Dwayne Ziggler. I didn't even know you broke Dwayne's uh, jaw in the second round on that fight. Yeah, yep. I got text message, and he told my uh, because I was complaining. He was like, "Don't complain about losing." If I was you, he said, "I I didn't complain when you." Uh, he said, "I didn't complain when you refashioned my jaw in the second round." So so why you complain? I'm like, because I, I was getting the tour with him, like you right because he was really scared going into the fight. And my mom, my, my mind so messed up, man. Like I hit him, I went out there, boom, 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 and I start, I was talking trash to him, and he didn't say nothing. He was just quiet, like you know what I'm saying. Like he was, he froze up. And in my mind, I didn't have nobody there, there with me that I, that I just really, you know what I'm saying, that I, that I knew. So in my mind, I'm like, oh, like he ain't talking trash back. Like what, what is he trying to do? He's talking, you know what I'm saying. My mind went somewhere else in the fight, and it was, just, it just turned into a brawl. You know what I'm saying? Like I, didn't, I didn't do nothing that I can do, like nothing. I mean, like nothing, but he still did. He he still barely won. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I was telling, him, I was like, give me the rematch. I know the matchmaker that that said, if you say yes to a rematch, and man, ain't nobody that I, I'll tell you like this. Everybody that I fought, ain't nobody gonna give me no rematch. Nobody. I'm saying because I dare not kill them. Nobody ain't gonna give me no rematch. And and you're fighting Dwayne Ziggler, even though he's from Alabama. He uh, is in the metro Detroit area a lot. You fought him in the Masonic Temple. Uh, is your next fight going to be around the Dallas area, so you're not necessarily battling the uh, the judges too? Uh, no, I think I think uh, well, I signed a Kenny now, so um, and that's going to be out of Detroit. So hopefully, you know, everything will be good. I'll probably be fighting in Detroit a lot. You know, and, um, it's just, man, man, I just, I can't wait. Just can't wait. Awesome. Where can, everybody. where can people follow your career on, uh, Instagram? Do you have an Instagram? Do you have a Facebook fan page? Where, where can people follow Charles Clark's career? And like I said, Angel Man Freddy is a guy that started off with a couple losses really early in his career, went on to win, I don't know, it was 23, 24 straight to be a world champion. Um, uh, you know, stick with it. You, 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 I've heard good things about you from Kenny Moore. He actually sent me some of the training videos you send him, and it looks like you mm-hmm. you got your mind in the right place. Where can people follow your career? Um, I have a Facebook. If, uh, if you like, they can follow me at, at it's, uh, Charles Clark. You'll see a box of pictures me beating somebody up. You know, as usual, so they know which one is me. But just follow me at Charles Clark on Facebook. Awesome, Charles. We will talk to you soon. Best of luck in your career. And if you fight in uh, Detroit, come find me ringside. Say hi, and uh, we'll chat. Yes, sir. Thank you. Man, that guy's got uber confidence. I like it. Yeah, it does. I'm I'm not making fun of you, Charles, but I'm just saying he's like, you know, beating someone up like always. It's one, two, and one. So it's like not always, Charles. There was sometimes you did lose. But, no, I, I like his attitude. I, no, I do. I like his attitude. I think he can turn around and stuff like that. Kenny Moore sent me some videos of him. He looks like really, 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 uh, really strong. Yeah, you. you were I can't excited. remember the Ziggler fight. I was there. I'm the only one that goes to all the fights. I'm trying to remember the Ziggler fight. I, I, you know, we have my notes everywhere. I would have to read the notes and see what happened. But uh, best of luck, Charles. Uh, and then thanks, Kenny Moore, for setting up that interview. What we're going to do now is a game that I thought up. 
uh, Jimmy, you know, is a military veteran. And before we get to Jimmy, um, we have a new ring girl in the studio. Uh, she's been with us for a little bit. But uh, the cool thing is this is her first time on radio. So we're going to get first off to know Anne. Uh, Anne comes from a military background too. So I'm thinking this is great because Jimmy and Anne can talk some military stuff on the air, which I love when Jimmy gets into the military stuff because I know nothing about the military. So, uh, you know, he's always saying stuff that I don't know is true or maybe it is true. So I decided to have Anne play a game with him. The game is pretty simple in that she's going to tell, uh, you know, the whole thing out there right now is fake news, fake news, fake news, uh, Every everybody's saying it. But she's going to tell him two stories. One of the story actually happened at one of the – are they called bases you were located at? Yes. Yeah, they either happened at one of the bases or it did not happen. And Jimmy has to decipher which one was a true story and which one wasn't. Add a lot of military jargon into it too. Let's see how good he is remembering his military Is he listening? Jargon. I don't know. <laughs> well, then why is, how is he going to figure it out? Because we're going to call him oh, and we're okay. going to explain the game to him. But um, – and then ever since I got to meet Ann, uh, really cool individual. Tell people what you do for a living and uh, not only that, tell us uh, why you joined the military. Uh, you said you're near finishing the military. Yes. Uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm almost done with my military career. I'm going to be done around August, August 4th specifically. I'm a truck driver and – I joined because it was an adventure for me. And I'm plus, sorry. Hold on. You just said you were a truck driver. Yes. Like in the military? Yes. Okay. I didn't know if you do that like for fun now. I mean, I could. He's good. <laughs> but um, yeah, I did it for adventure and also to pay for school, which I just graduated not too long ago. Congratulations. Congratulations Thank on you. that. Uh, how does the military, especially the Army Reserve, how do they say that you are a driver or a truck driver? How, what skill set did you have that qualified you for that? Or how do they even pick who's the drivers out of the group? Actually, we take a test during the MEPS before we actually be in our military career. And then from that score, we pick our jobs. Apparently, the job that I picked was near my hometown, so I chose that. It was more convenient for me. And then I just became a truck driver after training, after basic. Nice. And so being a truck driver, uh, does that automatically give you as a citizen – the ability to drive the big trucks? Do you have like a CDL or whatever they're called or uh, to drive big trucks or does that not transfer over to civilian? It can transfer to civilian. We just have to take more tests on it, which the military helps if you choose to do that route. Wow. Do you think you would want to be a truck driver one day on the road and just – I'm going to stick with you know modeling anthropology <laughs> right now. Right. You can know, be a trucker, trucker mouth and yeah. wear the trucker hats. On the CB. Do they even still Sleep have in, CBs? Yes, they do. <laughs> they do have CBs? Yeah. i I done my time. <laughs> oh, you did your time? You're done. Okay. okay. Uh, so Jimmy was a medic. We'll let Jimmy uh, tell you a little bit about what he did there. But So we're, we're trying to stump Jimmy. Uh, do you have Jimmy's number or do you need me to write it down um, for you? I've got it somewhere. Um, we're going to try to stump Jimmy. So let's try to do like a couple instances in different camps. You were telling me before we went on the air, you've been across the country. What was your favorite place to be based out of? I really like Washington. The scenery was absolutely beautiful. beautiful. But the rain. A lot of rain? 
No, we actually went in a good time where it was sunny. It was nice. Nice. It is beautiful in the Pacific Northwest, and they don't even know what winter is. They think they know what winter is, but they have no idea what winter is. Yeah, I want to go there. It's the warmth off the Pacific Ocean, Rochelle. It keeps it, like, really nice up there. San Fran and everything like that. Let's dial Jimmy up. Let's do this. It probably will. Just to mess with me, he'll do the voicemail. Hello? Hey, Jimmy. You're on the air with the undercard. You're on the air with the undercard. Oh, really? Welcome to the show. Am I live? You are live. Very cool. Wow. This is so unexpected and... Like nothing I've ever done before. <laughs> well, we're going to play a game with you. That's right. We thought of a game uh, to play okay. with you. Okay. So the, the, big thing, right. the big thing in the world right now is fake news. You know, uh, you know not really. Fake not, news. Yes. So Alternate Anne, news, yes. Anne has been in the Army Reserves for six years. She's been stationed at a few different places across the country. And you, with your military background, I thought, let's play... Which story is real? Which story is false? So she's going to play a couple rounds of this. She's going to tell you one okay. story, then tell you another story, and it's your job to figure out which one really happened and which one really didn't happen. Okay. All right. Anne, meet Jimmy. Nice to meet you, Jimmy. Tell, tell uh, one hey, more time. Up, tell, tell Jimmy one more time because it might help him in the guessing what you did for the military, how long you've been in there, how, how you found your way into the, the Army Reserve. So I joined the Army Reserves to pay off for college and for adventure, coming off in high school. I'm a truck driver, and I'm also a sergeant for the Army Reserves. Ooh. So you're an 88 Mike? Yep. Okay. Uh-oh. The only reason I know that, the only reason I know that is my bunkmate in basic was uh, going to be an 88 Mike, and I remember him saying he was going to be a truck driver. So the only reason I remember that particular MOS. Ooh, so Jim, Jimmy's uh, showing his credentials right there. He's flashing a badge right there to say, "I know, I know, I'm going to be able to win that this game." All right, Anne, give your first story that may or may not have happened in the military. So I may not be as cool as you since I never really got deployed, but I do have a few basic story. So okay, one of them is I'm almost related to one of the drill sergeants. The, okay. other, the other story is that they were trying to do this new PT test where they combined all the military services and try to experiment each one. That includes Navy swimming, the typical Army running, all of that. So, Jimmy, which okay. one is true? Did Was she related to a drill sergeant or uh, was there a PT where she experienced all branches of the military? Well, I do remember them talking about uh, going away from the AFTT um, and trying something different, but I thought it was more geared towards, like, actual combat, um, like, you know, running with ammo boxes and, like, more like sprints and less push-up sit-ups and two-mile run. I'm going to say that the true one was that you were kind of related to one of the drill sergeants. That is correct. Oh, he's one and oh, awesome! And what, what was your relation to the drill sergeant, and did it give you any favors? Well, we found out that his grandpa and my grandma were both in the Philippines, and his grandpa had a huge crush on my grandmother, Aww. but she went with someone else. 
Oh. <laughs> so almost related, but it never happened. Yep, she shut it down. Gotcha. So it probably gave you no favors. <laughs> well, he kept fighting for me because uh. they were trying to switch soldiers around. Okay. All right, so give him another story, followed by another story, and let's see if he can figure this one out. There was a huge investigation by the time I was in basic. And then the other story is that I almost fell off of the truck trying to fix it. Okay. Uh, I got to ask a couple of questions um, about these. So what was the investigation? You know how during combat there's usually chokeholds? Yes. That's You're the, talking about combatants, right? Yes. But the drill sergeants okay. are in trouble for attacking the soldiers, trying to give them real-life experiences in case it happens. So they were choking them out? Yes. Okay. And then how did you... So you almost fell off the truck working on it With at the one of your duty stations or during basic? During the duty station. I was on top of the trailer trying to make sure okay. the tank was clean, but I lost my footing. Okay. Um, well, I know for a fact uh, drill sergeants will choke people out uh, just so that they can experience it. Um, I've experienced it myself and many other uh, soldiers that went through basic and AIT uh, experienced it. So I could see there being an investigation, but I also know how dangerous the frickin' deuce and a half are so <laughs> there's a very good possibility you fell off of that um i'm gonna i'm gonna go with the fell off the truck that is actually wrong oh she didn't okay. fall off the truck all right okay uh, well like i said i know i know that it happens because they did it to us so but I thought, mm, you know, it's really easy to fall off one of those trucks, so maybe that was it. So, Anne, you were you were with the group choking people out, or you were choked out, and is this a form of hazing in the Army uh, during combatives, or what, what is this? We were considered like the new Army where it's actually becoming nicer to the soldiers. And then they switched it around, but apparently the drill sergeants did not get the memo. So it was a serious talking, and a lot of people were not happy. And were you yeah. part of the group that was doing it, or were you part of the group that was having it done to you? I was out of it, luckily. Okay. It was everyone else. Nice. You're already learning to drive the truck and everything. Do you got two more stories you can give Jimmy, and let's see if he can uh, – because we're at, we're at a tie now. We got to see if he can guess. It's a one and one. Can you give us two more? I'm not that cool to have stories, though. <laughs> I oh, try, though. Okay. You think you can try? I'm not, well, maybe. All right. She's going to give you two more. We're putting a lot of well, demand let me, on her. Let me, also, let me also ask you this. Uh, where did you go to basic? Fort Jackson, South Carolina. Okay. So you went to Relax in Jackson. All right. And then where did you do your AIT? Fort Lost in the Woods. Oh, Fort Leonard Wood? Okay. Yep. All right. That, that, that helps me kind of get an idea of what the atmosphere is like. Okay. So continue. So we force one of the soldiers, because we love to prank other people. We force one of the soldiers right. to drink the full Tabasco sauce. And we force another okay. soldiers to put their hand on the red entrail. 
for five bucks. Okay. Uh, was this in basic or in AIT? Both. Well, which one was which? The red ants like, would be we, in. We, oh, the red ahead. ants is in South Carolina, Fort Jackson. Okay. The Tabasco okay. sauce is Fort Lost in the Woods. I'm going to go with the Tabasco. That is actually true. Oh, so Jimmy finishes yeah. strong, <laughs> and, wins two to one. And the, other, and the only reason I know that is because uh, fire ants or red ants aren't really common to uh, South Carolina. So that's how I knew that that was probably not true. That's awesome. I'm going to have a new segment. Instead of talk dirty to me, it's going to be talk military to me. That was awesome when you guys were going back <laughs> at it. Hey, Jim, Jimmy, give give the most flirtatious you can be to Ann talking military, and then we'll see if Ann can do it back. Uh, really you can't really be flirtatious and talk military. It's very um, – Especially if okay, if you're a civilian outside of the military, yeah, you can throw you can throw stuff out there, and they have no idea what you're talking about. But as soon as you talk to somebody else who's been in the military, it goes right out the window because they'll just look at you and go, "Yeah, I know what the fuck you're talking about." Oh, sorry, I know what the hell you're talking about. I know. Why are you censoring yeah. yourself? You've been on the show before, Jimmy. We know the f words. Okay, know, but I'm trying to. I'm what? trying to. You what? know. Oh, he's trying for his own personal best. Uh, Anne kind of gave a look like she could talk a little flirtatious military. So we're going to see if she can do it. All right, go ahead. Better run away from that EO complaint because there is going to be fun tonight. Ooh, talk military to me. (laughs) (laughs) So, Jimmy, you got to tell us what she was talking about. Okay, that was actually pretty good. <laughs> good job, man. That was man. actually pretty good. Okay. That's the most Jimmy's laughed in four years. Good job, man. Oh. <laughs> so what What did she that say? Was, that was pretty good. What did, huh? she say? what did she say? What was she saying? Basically, okay, so an EO complaint is something that you file when somebody, like, sexually harasses you or, like, gets out of hand or, you know... Um, stuff like that. So when she said, you better file an EO complaint because we're going to party tonight, basically saying like, hey, all that stuff that we're not supposed to do, we're going to do tonight. No, you know, no fraternization, no, all that kind of stuff like that. And basically what she was saying is like, hey, we're, 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 screw all that. We're going to have fun tonight. All right. Are you able to talk military to Ann? You mean flirtatious military? Yeah, talk military. Oh God, um, she did good. He, you know, he can't do things on the spot. He's got to like sit back and think about it, write it down a couple times. I have more faith in Jimmy. <laughs> he can't write. Well, I'm so- trying to think. I can't remember. I can't remember the freaking PowerPoint. Death by PowerPoint. There's. Um, oh God, I can't remember the name of it, but. Oh God, I can't think of the acronym. Um, but I was going to basically say something along along the lines of, um, "Hey, baby, I'm the reason that we have Sharps presentations." But I don't think Sharps is the right one. No, it's Sharp. Oh, okay. And oh, Ann, it's Sharp. Oh, okay. And Ann, what is he saying, military wise? 
The PowerPoint is about sexual harassment of what we can and can't do and how we assist soldiers in any given possible way. So what is the actual acronym? I do not know it. From sexual harassment. Sexual harassment, uh, attention, readiness, program, something. I don't even remember. Syndrome. That's like my favorite segment now. Syndrome something? Talk military to me. I don't remember. Talk military. (laughs) Very cool. Now, Jimmy, we also have you on here for another reason. We were talking last week about this house that you could buy, but you couldn't uh, see the upstairs. You couldn't know what the situation with the guy is. You have some closure on that story for everybody that's listening to Did they get back to you? Uh, No. uh, There was an article that I found that – uh, basically, there was a local newspaper where the house was listed in Carolina um, that basically did an investigation. And I can't remember the guy's name. I can't look up the article right now because I'm driving. Um, but I, I can't look up the guy's name. But basically, what it boiled down to is the person selling the house is the son of the guy who actually owned the house. The guy who lives upstairs is a like famous artist sculptor and all that kind of stuff like that. And he fell on very hard times and him and the original old owner, uh, the guy selling its dad had been best friends since they were like children in like elementary school. So he allowed him to move into the upstairs and basically live there rent free until he passes away. But the, the, the listing has since been taken, been taken down and the son, the one that's put up the original posting or, or originally listed it, um, he said he doesn't know what he's going to do moving forward, but it's off the market right now. Now, this is a, obviously a totally different case, but they, you, someone just bought the Playboy Mansion within the last two years, but the stipulation was you had to let Hugh Hefner live there until he passed right. away. Well, that's a little bit different. <laughs> you can... You could let Hugh Hefner live there in the Playboy Mansion and live there for 20 years and never see half. The place is so freaking huge. Right. This is a tiny little house with an upstairs, you know, that'd be like buying a tiny little bungalow in like Dearborn, but having somebody live up there permanently until the day that they die. Why was it so messy? No one, that story didn't explain why it was so messy. They were just slobs. Well, you never saw a picture of the upstairs. No, I'm oh, talking no, downstairs. downstairs. Oh, you're talking about everything else? No, yeah. it didn't. It didn't mention anything about Ooh. I mean, obviously there were renters or squatters or whatever you want to call them that were uh, sitting in there. Well, and the house was like falling <laughs> apart. Well, that too. I, I think what it was is the guy, you know, the, the son who did the posting or whatever, who... Uh, um, excuse me, um, did the posting or whatever. I think it just basically what happened was his dad probably died. Um, he just basically rented it out just to make, you know, a quick buck. The place got trashed. His dad probably got so old he couldn't take care of it anymore. He never did anything to it. The people who moved in to just rent basically trashed the place. And then he just hasn't, you know, he doesn't want, it, it seems to me like he doesn't want anything to do with it. He just wanted to get it get rid of it like didn't care just let's get rid of it so yeah i was very disappointed you weren't coming in today because ann is like your female opposite no, but like female counterpart. Fem- female counterpart 
Uh, she likes Marvel. Well, no. She was telling oh, us. Oh, I was going to say, no, that's not true unless she's a nerd like me. Yeah. Are yeah. you a nerd, Anne? To some extent. <laughs> okay. Uh, what do you think a nerd is, then, Anne? And then we'll hear Jimmy's scary definition. Nerd or geek? Geek. Geek. Okay. What do you think? A- well, nerd, geek, they're kind of, there's a two different things. That's what I'm saying. It's more geek than nerd. Oh, she's more, okay. Have you ever played Dungeons and uh, Dragons? What, what have you done? Dragons. Yeah, give, give Anne, give us your nerd resume. So I love reading the comic books. She reads the comic books, not even just does the merchandising okay. stuff, reads it. Keep going. I will have arguments with people about favorite superheroes and why they're underrated. Jimmy never argues on this show, ever. Ever. No, not at all. What else? Well, I can't say Comic-Con because this will be my first time this weekend. Yeah, she's uh, first Comic-Con this weekend. But, uh, okay. That's, there's no, actually, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I actually haven't been to many Comic-Cons myself because they're so freaking expensive. Well, she's getting paid to be there, so it works out for her. <laughs> right. Uh, right, exactly. And what's the last comic you read? Zatanna. Okay, so that that's DC, but she says she's more more Marvel. What's your favorite Marvel character? Okay. Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel. Okay. Ooh. Uh, okay. Uh, also, the military background. So, like, yeah, we and right. and and she likes theater, and she likes theater too. So, if you want to oh. ask her a theater question, go ahead. I'm telling you, it, she's your female like counterpart, dude. <laughs> we haven't even <laughs> missed a step younger. without you. You know, it's just like, huh? it's like, we haven't even missed a step without you. It's like Jimmy across from me right now. No, it's not. That's <laughs> well, good. <laughs> uh, what's the last play you've seen, Anne? Les Mis. Okay, so she saw Les Mis. Oh, boy. You're tugging at, you're tugging at <laughs> okay, his heartstrings. Let me, ask, let, me, let me ask you this, Anne. The movie, like it or hate it? I hate it because they could not sing for the life of them. Okay. Okay, okay, that's 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 legit. However, I like it because, and and for me, watching the movie, I have a much more visceral reaction watching the movie than I do with the play. I mean, watching the play, I'm a crying mess when Jean Valjean sings "Bring Him Home" and Fatine basically, you know, uh, at the end when she forgives him and takes him away and all like that. I'm, you know. But the reason that I like the movie is because you can't look away. When you're watching it on the stage, you can look at, like, the ceiling. You can look at, like, this, you know, another part of the stage. You can kind of unfocus from what's going on. But the movie put it right in your face. And, yeah, the singing wasn't as good as, you know, the original Broadway cast or even the revival. But I, I liked that you couldn't look away, that you had to feel what was going on. So I actually kind of like the movie. See, I like Anne Hathaway in that. She did her part. Anne ha- yes, Anne Hathaway was phenomenal. I'm actually not that upset with um, Hugh Jackman as Jean Valjean, even though it's a role that I've always wanted to do. But I absolutely despise Kurt, or not Kurt Russell, Russell Crowe. It was awful. Javert it is was. my character. If I ever play a character in Les Mis, it will be Javert, and he just butchered it. And I was so upset because it's my favorite character, aside from Jean Valjean, of course. 
But yeah, I just, I mean, he sounded so nasal and he was nothing as, you know, he sounded like Kermit the Frog singing sometimes. It was like, oh God, but yeah. Yeah, you so, could see his vein yeah, coming out I, first in that singing notes. Talk theater. Say what again? <laughs> I said talk theater to me. What, what did you say, Ann? Seeing the vein coming out of his forehead, trying to force those notes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, oh God, it could have been. There's so many other actors that could have played that role so much better, but they wanted a big name and fine, whatever. Um, I'm trying to find something that you're different on. Wait, what did you say, Jimmy? What did you think of Into the Woods, the movie? And have you ever seen the stage show? Which one? Into the Woods. Into the Woods? I've only seen the movie one, not the theater. That's where I'm at, too. Okay. Okay. I, I like... The movie lends itself a little bit better than the stage show for me because the there's so much um, theatrics that has to happen, like with the giants and with the magic and all that kind of stuff like that. So it made that part easier with the the movie than it is to do on stage. And I've seen some pretty abysmal <laughs> technicalized productions of Into the Woods, but as a whole, I thought the movie did really well, and they had some phenomenal singers who who uh, who who was in it. So I, I was actually a fan. Now, she hasn't seen Guardians 2 yet, but you did, Jimmy. What do you think? Equal to the first? Better than the first? It was... Okay, so this is kind of... No, don't, no spoilers. Don't, no, no spoilers. No spoilers. No spoilers. But I actually felt like it wasn't even like a sequel. We were just literally picking up where the last one left off. And it was just a continuation of the story arc. I liked um, the the comedy was a little bit different because the comedy was based on the relationships instead of just one lining and zingers. Um, but I really liked that in this movie uh, they explored the relationships of everybody, and everybody was explored in uh, uh, in pairs, like how they relate, and everybody was, you know. It, relationship pairs, whether it be romantic, whether it be, um, you know, with siblings, whether it be with frenemies or whatever you want to call it. Um, I thought it was very well done. I was very, very happy with it. And they introduced one of my favorite comic book characters in the post-credit scene, even though nobody Adam. knows who it is, but I know. Um, so I was kind of happy about that. I'm like, Ooh, that actually makes so much sense. Who? Adam? So I don't want to do any spoilers. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, Rochelle's spoiling over there. No, because that it's that's all over. Oh, okay, but Anne might have not seen it yet. She's the, ready to see it. Oh, it's killing me. What's killing you? People need to see it. Go people, see it. People need to see it. We'll give oh, it know, one more week and then we'll, well talk I, about I it. I only got to I only got to go see it because I went with my brother and sister in law after we did stuff with my mom on Mother's Day. Otherwise, I still wouldn't have seen it. So I hate going to the movies by myself, and I don't have anybody to go to the movies with. Took, and do you I hate going to the kids. movies by yourself? I actually love going to the movies. I found an myself. opposite. I found an opposite. All right. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't, okay, I only hate going to the movies by myself because I had a really bad experience one time when I went with the movies by myself, and I don't like doing it anymore. I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah, no, don't. you don't want to know. Oh, yeah, no, no, Nobody no. wants to know. I'm trying to forget about it. Did you poop your pants? 
No, God, no, I wish. Uh, oh, I wish. Oh, it was so much worse than that. Oh. It was so much worse than that. All yeah. Right. All right. Well, Jimmy, you're in charge of finding some geek topics for us to talk about because we're doing two shows at uh, Motor City Comic Con at 2 p.m. at the booth, and we'll be there. Uh, so you got to come Is up with some subjects. At two or at one? Yeah, you said one the other day. I think it's two, officially, 2 p.m. Okay. So. Well, because that might make a difference for me whether or not I can show up to the Saturday one. Okay, cool. So let me know. Let me know. If, no, I, for if sure it's two. two. I just talked just talk to David. It's two. So. Oh, it's two. Okay. 2 p.m. All right, so we'll I, see. I know I, I might not be able to make the one for Saturday. I still don't know what I'm doing at Concordia. Um, but I will definitely be there for the Sunday one. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us so much, Jimmy, and playing Talk Military. Today. Okay, absolutely. And Anne... You're, yes. You have homework before this weekend. Your homework is to see the new Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Whoa! Jimmy just gave homework on a weekend coming up. Well, it's Wednesday. On a week. It's, it's a weekday. Okay. Before, I'm gonna... before the weekend. All right. I'm going to make sure that happens. Okay. She has multiple okay, jobs, okay. though, so we'll, we'll give her a pass if she right, can't right. make it. She's a lingerie model, as are you, Jimmy, too. So that's another thing you guys hold have on, on hold common. On. Hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a lingerie mo- model for uh, big and hairy. Oh. <laughs> she hasn't got booked by them George, yet, thank George God. Costanza. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Jimmy's a, a lingerie model also, so, oh. yeah, it works out. Yeah. All right, we'll see you soon, All Jimmy. Right. All right, I'll talk to you guys later. All right, so. All right. All right, Jimmy gave you homework. Do you have any free time before Saturday? Yes. You do I have s- free time. Yes, but I still have to be the responsible adult. Gotta be the responsible adult. See if I can find it. I'm gonna make it happen. Gonna make it happen. We're gonna go to our last commercial break. We're gonna be back uh, really quickly. So. You're listening to the Undercard Hand Combat Radio. Welcome back to the Undercard. We are finishing episode two hundred and thirty-three. We got two fifty coming up. I mean, it won't be as quick, but actually, we do two shows this weekend. It might be. What are we going to do for two hundred and fifty episodes? That's it's got to be a celebration. I'm sorry, but you say that for every anniversary. Mm-hmm. You say that for okay. So the fiftieth episode, you got trashed. The hundredth episode. I don't even remember. The 50th one I remember because of sugar. Okay. Um, Every anniversary, we're going to have this big party. All right, 250, there's a party. Mm -hmm. It's happening. All right. I see a challenge coming. That's right. She's challenging me, 250. I'll start start counting out the weeks and see where where it lands us. Okay, well, first off, you know what? Every episode up until 250, I have to write something that will happen at the party, and then I have to come forward. And make it happen. Number one, today, at episode 233, mm-hmm. you make your famous lasagna. Hold on a second. The first thing you you say that's going to happen is something that I have to do. But I'm making it happen because I'm saying you're making your lasagna. She makes amazing lasagna. All right. I'll scratch it off. I'll figure something out. Well, that, that just right, doesn't have nope. to be the first one. Number Let, one. come up with something that Brad number has one, to do. I will have a cake there with 250 ca- uh, candles. I will make this happen. Now, granted, the fire department might be on. 
and maybe David. They don't have to be lit. Maybe David and Bob's insurance goes up a little bit, but we are going to have a cake with 250 candles. This is going to be pretty awesome. So that's number one, and then I'll come up with a couple this weekend. Oh, I already, I already see it coming. Lasagna is number two. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, I see like special outfits for the ring girls. Probably. Um. Maybe awards given out. Awards given out. Okay, maybe. I don't know about that. We give awards up for everything. So maybe Not we got to really. do s- s- different stuff. Not like acknowledgement, participation oh, okay. awards. I mean, actual awards or something. Right. Maybe we'll have like this huge. You know, like, uh, uh, what's his name? The guy who gave, uh, who did Liz the. Ring girl thing. Oh, Eli. Well, something like that. Okay. We can do that. We so, can absolutely do that. Yeah. Yeah, we'll figure we'll figure out something. But yeah, number one, I will have a cake with two hundred and fifty candles on it. Um, I think by two episode two hundred and fifty we should have a new intro. Okay. A correct one. Okay. But that has to happen every episode. So a new intro. I'm just saying they're just coming to me. Okay, why can't you bring that back up on Saturday so that can be the new something? Well, we wait, we got to add something every time. I got, I got a million. Okay, well, write them down in your head. Don't forget about them right. and make already it happen. excuses. Yeah, I know. She's already like, I'm going to forget them. Uh, I never said that. Really quickly. So we know UFC is coming to Detroit in uh, December, but the date was a little bit hazy here and there. Um, I'm surprised nobody has talked about this on the internet, but let me break something down for you. Joe Rogan is playing December 1st at the Fillmore Theater. I'm going to say, educated guest here, uh, that UFC will be December 2nd at Little Caesars Arena because that's typically what Joe Rogan will do. We'll do a weigh-in and then do a comedy show later. So it's not announced yet, but this educated mind's going to say December 2nd, UFC, Little Caesars Arena. Book it. All right. Also, Mayweather McGregor, it won't go away. McGregor has agreed to terms as of Sunday for his uh, fight. Dana White now has to get uh, Mayweather's camp to agree to terms, which is not easy probably. And he did uh, reference at a press conference that he's only going to put so much time to this where there's a time where he's going to walk away from it. So – it's going to be interesting because Floyd Mayweather is obviously the A side of this, is obviously the guy that's going to get more money. It's going to be interesting to see where this is even at. So today's weather I'm so forecast. Sick of talking about it. Today's weather forecast of uh, Mayweather versus McGregor. I am going to say it is fifty-five percent chance of happening. So we're down from sixty, sixty-five somewhere in there. So the longer this goes – and the the other key reason why this might not happen is Mayweather's weekend was taken away by Triple G yeah. and uh, um, Klubkin. The only th- way I could see the, it – Maybe No, Canelo. Oh, yeah. Canelo versus Golovkin. The only r- way I could see the UFC maybe using that day still, maybe do a doubleheader pay-per-view where people just have like a Super Bowl – and do like an earlier pay-per-view. I don't know. That's a lot. Uh, pay-per-view wise, that's one thing. But for attendance wise at the actual event. Right. But see, real boxing media is probably not going to the Mayweather McGregor thing. We'd cover it. We would cover it if Triple G Golovkin wasn't going on. But all eyes would have to go to Triple G. You're still getting it wrong. Oh, I'm sorry. Triple G and Canelo. It doesn't. 
People know what I'm talking about, though. Yeah, but you're forgetting the the, the winning boxer. Canelo. Uh, uh, Angel Manfredi says uh, no. He's going I, I Triple G. I don't care G. what he says. He, I'm going uh, with Canelo. He knows his boxing. Don't care. Uh, I can't make my prediction too much. Um, come out. Motor City Comic Con, we want to see you there. Come by and say hi. The Ring Girls will be uh, dressed up, passing out some stuff. And this is the only place you can see the Ring Girls in this special outfit. That is true. So it's a chance for you to come and actually have conversations with them, get your picture taken with them, maybe get some autographs. And not to mention there's a lot of cool stuff to see there all weekend. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we are going to sign off. Episode 233 is in the books. We will be back. Episode 234, 2 p.m., live remote, Motor City. Yeah, actually come and see how the show is actually done in a smaller presentation. Watch me get distracted by people. And uh, we will be back.